0: a Hillman, and this is what I think. If you know me, you know that I love the veggie sandwich. I did a video a while ago, one of my most watched, not the most watched, but the, one of the most watched, uh, called Sid's Kick-Ass Veggie Sandwich, Okay. One of the reasons I love that video so much is that my I make a call during the video uh, to talk to a friend of mine who years before I had made that veggie sandwich for, and he reminisces about how good this veggie sandwich is. Anyway, he passed away a few years ago, and so now i at 52, by the way, um, and he uh, caught a bacterial infection in a routine uh, procedure in the hospital and died three days later. But not to... It's, I like the video because it's, I get to hear his voice and it's making me, it makes me nostalgic. Mm. Mm. Turmeric tea, everybody. Not the worst tasting tea. It's got other things besides just turmeric. not like I sprinkled turmeric and black pepper in water and thought I was, you know, Jolly Roger. Anyhow, the reason I mentioned the the veggie sandwich video is because you guys know I love the veggie sandwich. Okay. In that video, I talk very sternly about the fact that you need to use heirloom tomatoes. My kids are in it; they're a lot younger in the video, so that's kind of fun too to watch. But anyway, I just rewatched it a few days ago, that's why. And I say heirloom tomato, heirloom tomato. So the other day, and you know, I practice what I preach. So I go to the market yesterday to buy some uh, veggies because we're having, I'm having veggie sandwiches, and we had other stuff too. But I was like, I want a veggie sandwich, so I just made my own. So I got my stuff. I got the red onions, thinly sliced. I got the heirloom tomatoes, of course. Got cucumbers. I got an orange bell pepper, because that's what, all I had, and avocado. Dijon mustard barbecue sauce. Good night, Johnny. It, 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 I can't tell you how much I love this sandwich so, so, so much. Lightly toasted bread. Okay, you don't want a freaking cracker, but you don't want, you know, softy, softerson Okay. And so I get this beautiful heirloom tomato. I mean, this thing was a... Just a gore- I still have it, by the way, because I came home and I had another one I'd forgotten about. But anyway, so I got this. It's upstairs right now. I can't. I, it's killing me. Like, I just want to get up there right now and just eat it like an apple. Anyways, uh, I, heirloom tomato. And I go, oh, this is so beautiful. So I take it up and I'm paying for everything. And he goes, well, that's a good looking tomato, he, he says. And I go, that's not appropriate, first of all. And second of all, I agree. And I bought it. It was a $9.83 tomato. The, the tomato. Not tomatoes the tomato was a nine dollar and 83 cent tomato uh i usually don't pay i gotta tell you I'm, I'm not wealthy but i when i buy just vegetables like it was the whole thing was 19 uh, it was 19 and it wasn't just my stuff it was like a few other things 19 it's not like i was checking oh my god it's like 19 i ran through the market i wasn't i didn't think for a second but it just caught my eye on the little register and i was like wait is it nine? Did I say not, did I? And, it, and then he charged me out and I walked out to my car and I looked at the receipt, $9.83 tomato. That, there's a, a Big Mac meal and then some at, uh, at McDonald's. Now again, apples and oranges, right? Because the Big Mac, it's got calories, but it'll kill you. Tomato, not as many calories, but it won't kill you. That's my bar for healthy eating. Will it kill you? No? Okay. Well, that's a good thing to start with. So last episode, I, w- I mentioned as a joke, uh, my auditioning, f- well, I auditioned for my my audiobook. That's real. Still haven't gotten the answer on that. So I don't even know if I got the part. But I s- b- did a voice that harkens back to my old podcast approach. I had a character on there not named Randy. And I d- kind of did that voice last week. And I forgot that I actually said Randy Randerson as a joke. So this old longtime listener emailed me and goes, that was I heard Randy and I go yes you heard that and you remember that because he listened to the old show too. About five minutes later, I get a email with a link. There is a guy. He is his name is Randy Randerson. I'm not kidding. It's the best. It was like the best. It made my day. It made my days. I made. I had. I got two days of joy out of that. Like a day and three quarters. I got joy out of that. Randy Randerson. Guess what he does? Tattoo artist. It couldn't be more perfect. It was the perfect offset to the $9.83 heirloom tomato that I had bought. It's a wash. I feel like I'm at peace in the whole thing. Mm -mm. Randy Randerson. There's a real Randy Randerson. I can't even make that joke anymore. It's like too funny. Speaking of jokes, I often, not often, on occasion will listen to I like comedy a lot, but if I'm in my car, we have Sirius in one of the cars. And um and so I'll listen to like Netflix joke radio. And there was a guy named Dan Soder, everyone loves, and I don't think he's that funny. I gotta be honest, I don't think he's that funny. And anyway, he was making fun of vegans, which I'll do too. But 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 he's making fun of them. And so he goes, All these great reasons to be vegan, the environmental reasons and the and the you know, the the if we didn't do that, we'd be able to plant with that, et cetera, et cetera. He goes, But the one reason vegans always give for why people should be vegan is the, it, it doesn't work at all. It's the one thing that just falls apart. It doesn't convince anybody. And that is if you had to kill an animal yourself, you wouldn't eat meat. And he goes, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't wear clothes if I had to make them. I'm too lazy. Of course I wouldn't. So this is my problem with this joke. It's just a bad joke because never has a vegan ever said if you had to kill animals, you wouldn't eat them yourselves because of laziness. They're not saying if you had to do the work, you wouldn't do it because it's too much work. Never. You never say they said it because if you're for the reasons you guys know, if you're connected to the animal and you have to kill it yourself, you probably wouldn't do it because it's freaking brutal. But that's, so my kids were in the car, they were hearing this, and I was like, I got a problem with that. And they assume it's because of the vegan thing. I go, no, no, it's whatever. I'll make fun of the vegans until cows come home. No pun intended. But I gave, I had to give him a little lesson in comedy. I got that guy stretched. That's not, he created the premise so that he could make the joke. That's a bad, that's bad comedy. Okay. Dan Soder, make fun of vegans, but do it on the level. Don't force a joke because that's not what they ever say. Okay. So I'm sure he listens to this podcast because everybody does. I'll expect your email, podcast at com from you, Dan, apologizing. Make it right, will you? Make it right. Make fun of the dreadlocks. Make fun of the, the, I don't know, what? Thank you to everybody who uh, Patreons me. And I got a new uh, small, Small Step Intensive client. It's very exciting i'm really digging it it's like a 12 week and whatever there's a thing in the in the show notes you can click on it and schedule a 15 minute call with me to talk about if it's a possibility for you i will say i said up to two clients one at a time is kind of i mean i'll take another one maybe but i i probably shouldn't say that have a conversation with me okay So I'm reading Wim Hof's book. Now, the thing about Wim Hof is I've been doing, if you are just joining this podcast, you have no idea, maybe, but I've been doing it every day for three years. You guys know that cold therapy and the breathing technique. Now I'm fully into a whole nother breathing thing right now. I'm doing another course, instructing an instructor course, more on that little. It's a whole different way of breathing or I talked about last week or a couple weeks ago, but anyways deep into that. But I still do the Wim Hof thing. It's it to me it's apples and oranges and I'll explain why in a later episode. But um, I do the Wim Hof every day and the cold therapy. Now I did because I'm a nerd, I got I bought a new thermometer just because I was like I this water is freaking cold in in my house because I'm on a well and I live in northern California and it's been you know four, 30 late you know high 30s 40 in the morning. I can tell and I've been doing the cold therapy more first thing in the morning trying that out. And I'm in the shower and I'm like, good Lord, this has got to be, and so I, 39 degrees. My well water is 39 degrees. Today it was a little warmer because it just, it's just, a, it's a well. It's a well, it's a well. You know what I'm saying? Mm. 39 degrees. That's not, that's not, don't scoff at 39 degrees. If you're scoffing at me doing cold therapy, don't scoff. 39 degrees. Did, did my six minute. Go right on in. Six minutes. Today I did seven. I'm not tooting my own horn. Okay, so I'm reading Wim Hof's book, and I don't know why. I bought it because I thought maybe I would gift it to somebody. It's a good book, but it's not a great book. It's a good book but not a great one. Here's why it's good because it's a good, it's a good, you know, his story's semi interesting and there's the science is there and they're pretty honest about there's some stuff that they still, you know, needs more study, but it's looking kind of promising and there's some things and there's things that I have studied quite extensively in, in mainstream universities and, and, and they're they're kind of doing this thing. It's very, that's what I've always appreciated about Wim Hof is he's never been like, I'm a guru and only I can do this. I'm magic. He's from day one has been like, I'll teach you totally. Let's do go goes to do this and and i appreciate that and the science is coming in and it's it's pretty cool and people are having really good responses and effects from it some of it could i'm sure be placebo but i think there's real benefit of it i have definitely benefited from it. okay all right where the book gets a little off the track as he gets into a little bit of the and it's not wrong it's just not my cup of tea which is the light and the soul and the hey man if we just come from a place of love i'm all for it i'm all for love i just want to read about it you know what i'm saying but he had this one paragraph which really stuck of, of the whole book there was one paragraph that stuck out for me and i wanted to read it to you because um it is it's kind of this guy's been doing it this thing for 40 years he sits in ice like ice you know um And so the experience is human-wide. Here it is. Are you ready? Quote, here we go. Um, Quote, I'll tell you what I do. I follow my inner voice and listen to what it tells me. I trust my soul sense. See, that's where it goes off the rails for me. The soul sense, you know what I'm saying? Okay, back to the quote. And let it guide me. I ignore at best as I can my ego. I know it's going to be cold in the morning and that those first few seconds in the cold, that's why I'm not going to get the uh, part to read my own book. The first few seconds in the cold water are going to be unpleasant because my ego tells me so. But my inner voice tells me to bloody get into the water, because it is calling me to embrace every bit of my being. It tells me it's healthy and the right thing to do, while my ego continues to argue the opposite, even after all these years. It's like the proverbial angel and devil sitting on my shoulders, whispering into my ears, and I'm caught in between. The key is being able to tell which one is the angel and which one is the devil. Most people can't make this distinction or they don't want to because the truth is uncomfortable. They don't want to step off the racetrack because they have found comfort in its predictable contours. They'd rather intellectualize than feel because feeling makes them vulnerable. They can't control the outcome. They can't explain it with words. That was a good paragraph. I will, I I have a little bit of a, I mean, when he's talking about the inner voice, in a way he is intellectualizing. He doesn't, it's that, look, we're framing the idea in this in different ways, but the idea is there, which I've talked about for all, for ever since I've been doing this which is that battle be- between i just say like what we know and and knowing who we are and maybe what we feel in the moment which is like I don't want to get in that cold shower and I have to tell you I've been doing this 3 years it is no easier this morning than it was 3 years ago I mean maybe slightly but every morning I go oh good lord and then I'll start like cleaning cuz I just don't want it. I just can dreading it and finally I'm just like what okay let's get this done and even after every day for three years knowing that after the first 30 seconds a minute it's actually fine and it and then i get out feeling really good i know that i know it but i still dread it i still dread it as if it's going to be miserable for six minutes it's not miserable for six minutes it's uncomfortable a little bit, not compared to lots of people in the world uncomfortable. It's totally something I could do. It's six minutes and I feel great when I get out and I can, I can only talk myself into that to a certain extent. There's still that dread and it's, it just made me feel a little better. I was like, am I the only one who just cannot remember that yesterday I got through this and tomorrow I'm going to get through it? Or do I just have to forget all that every morning and dread like I'm getting in for the first time, but no whim 40 years. You've been doing it. That's the good news. The bad news is I got another 37 years of, of dreading daily, which is a little bit of a bummer. But you know what I'm going to do? Mm. Thanks, Wim. I still do it. I still do it because it feels good and it's good for me. And there's signs to back that up. Okay. If you thought that the title of this episode, Lactate Conventionally, was about lactation and that I was going to talk about breastfeeding, um, I could because it's what Sid thinks. And I have opinions about breastfeeding that have nothing to do with babies um i'm kidding i i don't this is not about that it's about lactation here well it's about lactate (laughs) it's about lactic acid and the reason i titled it conventionally is because it's i'm taking a the piss out of conventional wisdom yet again because there's so much just good lord when the facts come out it's like i don't know what the i don't know what the equation is i bet there is one when the facts come out that are that are that are antithetical to conventional wisdom it takes 14.7 years for the for conventional wisdom to shift like there's got to be some fixed number of years that it takes people to freaking get past the the crap like i'm waiting for protein to finally come around like it's just just still there i need more protein okay okay another 7.2 years and then went off to hear that ever again as if This is the thing. There is a lot of misinformation about lactic acid. The first of all, first thing, and if you if you're not familiar with it, I'll give you a quick background. I do I've been biking, stationary bike, and I do I'm on iFIT, and so I do this like, you know, instructor thing. And sometimes I'll run and the rowing, and every instructor is like, okay, so now you gotta cool down and flush out that lactic acid, because that's the waste, your muscles are feeling fatigue. That's the lactic acid. So when you work out, you have a buildup of lactic acid and it causes muscle fatigue. And so when you cool down, you flush that out, except that that whole idea is bullshit. That's just a little hitch. It's not true. It's wrong. Like actually wrong. First of all, there's no lactic acid. It's lactate. That's I'm splitting hairs a little bit, but it's freaking true. It's different molecule. It has to do with protons. And those are not like weapons from back to the future, which as an aside, I referenced back to the future to a Kai yesterday. He was wearing a vest and I uh, like a like a parka vest. And I was like, hey, when do you ship out? He had no idea what was talking about. And I was like, that's back to the future. He'd never seen it. <sighs> there's a lot of stress in my life. Between that and the $9.83 heirloom, I may just shut in. Anyway, there's no lactic acid. There's low lactic acid. Okay, there's no lactic acid. Okay, can we just, there's no, it's lactate. Lactate, okay, okay. Secondly, not only is it not, the thing that is waste that we need to flush it's actually a good thing and i first came across well actually i first came across this a few couple of years ago when i read an article by a guy named matt fitzgerald who i had on twice on my last podcast when i was doing interviews on approaching the natural you can go back and listen to those matt fitzgerald he's written a bunch of books he's a very good writer he and in fact i'll link to the article to the, to this article that i'm going to quote from in the show notes if you want to read the whole article because he because he because he explains Technical things in a very clear way, which I always appreciate for myself because I'm not that smart. I never thought I was. Um, so I'm going to quote a couple things, and then you will link to it. He's a good guy, anyway. Quote: We now know not only that lactate does not cause muscular acidosis—that's what, what they attributed to the fatigue, your muscles are getting too acidic—but also, also that the muscles never reach a level of acidity that would clearly that would directly cause fatigue of the muscle fibers. The muscles never reach that level because they at that point it's you're you're like dead at seven you're at 6.8 you're like literally failing your body is actually failing and during exercise they never you exhaustion is maybe hit seven but anyway neither here nor there okay Another quote, in the new scientific understanding of lactate, arguably the most important role of lactate during exercise is not to delay fatigue caused by muscular acidosis or muscle cell depolarization, that has to do with the electrical functioning of the cell and when it gets less efficient and gets more fatigue, but is rather to serve as a direct and, ready for this, a direct and indirect fuel for muscle contractions. Quote, further quote, the substance that was once thought to be a worse than useless byproduct of anaerobic glycolysis, Turns out to be one of the most important energy sources for high-intensity muscle activity. This is years ago. Still to this day, I mean, this article is years ago, but still to this day, the studies on this were done in the 70s, by the way. The guy who's like kind of turned this around was doing these in the 80s. I mean, good Lord, this is like we've known this. It's there, but again, conventional wisdom is so just the surface of stuff. That's how you need high protein. I mean, it's just the same thing. So then I was in my running coaching um program my certification program to be a running coach and sure enough here it is if quote this is not matt fitzgerald's article if more lactate is produced than can be metabolized for energy within a muscle it spills out into the bloodstream from this point the lactate is shuttled to areas of the body that can use it for fuel brain heart skeletal muscle blood lactate that is not shuttled to these areas is sent to and metabolized by the liver and converted to pyruvate then to glucose it's it's something called the Cori cycle it's 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 a fuel it's a fuel there's no flushing of lactic acid there's no lactic acid for instance and so one more quote according to the classical theory of lactate one of the highest priorities of training was to reduce the amount of lactate the body produces at higher exercise intensities so that the athlete can race faster without fatiguing due to high lactate levels according to the new theory of lactate one of the highest priorities of training is to increase the body's capacity to use lactate it's not a waste product during high intensity exercise so that the athlete can train faster are you freaking kidding me i mean if i have to hear like this morning on my ride okay so now we got to cool down everybody get you know you got all that lactic acid buildup. we got to flush all that lactic lactic all the cells have been working really hard and they have a byproduct of waste and you got to clear that waste it's bullshit if you ever hear it and i'm people who are very well informed on like exercise physiology still subscribe to this thinking just like people who are well informed in nutrition still Talk about high protein diets and make sure you get enough protein, you get enough protein, you get enough protein. I mean, good Lord. So um, I don't know what to say about it. I just want to inform you. I just want to give you another voice that says, can we just stop with the thing and the thing all the time and maybe devote some more money into lowering The cost of heirloom tomatoes for the love of all that's holy, a nine dollar and eighty-three cent tomato. I'm taking that one for the I still got more on that. It's I have not flushed. talking about waste product, I cannot flushed that reality out of my brain yet. (laughs)
1: i <laughs> Left uh. of a quiet reckoning Was there before me silent and sad but for a simple dignity She said you are sitting in this world She said you are getting along She said you have known a sense of things But the look on my face couldn't have told her oh, All yeah. that